Hello and welcome to another show. And as the Australian summer of action approaches, this week we're with the man who claimed victory at the NITO ATP finals in London last November, the coaches of two other megastars of singles and two of the very best in the business when it comes to doubles. Grand Slam winners Kevin Kravitz and Marcello Mello both coming up as well as Novak Djokovic's coach Marian Vida and the man working most closely with Dominic Team, Nikola Massou. But first, a Russian who's learnt to win on a regular basis and has worked out his own very understated way to celebrate. Medvedev, championship point, serves out wide. There it is! Game, set, championship one from Daniel Medvedev. When you win big title or big matches against big opponents and you don't celebrate, you have actually the opportunity to, to look around yourself and uh, feel all the energy that's going around. Well, it's been a Medvedev masterclass again this week. It's a second consecutive Masters 1000 title for the Russian. After winning in Cincinnati a few months ago, he is now one here in Shanghai. As an artist, as a tennis player, you can feel it all uh, if you think about it. I for sure have some problems sometimes, especially when I'm not playing good. I can lose my temper sometimes. Furious with himself. Yeah, I didn't have one final this year. And you know, it gets into your mind. Brilliant set to finish it. Tennis is not an easy sport. It's tough to, to explain some things that are happening. And the question is that when you are down, you need to find the best way to get up fast. I just wanted to show that I'm capable of playing good tennis and beating good guys. Oh, that is a moment of magic. I got the boost of confidence in Paris, uh, won some good matches, especially the final against Sasha was, was a great one. Daniel Medvedev claims his eighth ATP title, his third at Masters 1000 level and significantly his first title of the 2020 season. Came here, you know, knew that I uh, have to, to practice a lot to keep it going, to keep it rolling. Competing at his second NITO ATP Finals, the world number four from Russia, Daniel Medvedev. Yes, the fourth best player on the planet these days. We might see a different kind of Daniel Medvedev this year compared to the version we saw this time last year. Managed to, to stay undefeated here, which is amazing and I'm really happy about it. Daniel Medvedev is the NITO ATP Finals champion. The ninth and biggest title of the Russian's career. What a finish to his season and he's done it in style. He has won here this week by beating the top three players in the world. I didn't sleep so much. I mean, uh, a lot of things going on. First of all, I, I did uh, reply to most of my messages. Take some time after a big win like this. My wife, my family first, uh, my closest friends uh, and my team. Well, don't let the lack of celebration fool you. Such a unique character. This means the world to Daniel Medvedev. It's been amazing two weeks, especially regarding the, the results I was showing before. After my victory against uh, Novak here, I felt that he didn't play his best tennis against me, but the, the thing is that even when he doesn't play his best tennis, to beat him is so tough. The third victory of his career against the world number one, Novak Djokovic. That was some performance 
from Daniel Medvedev, who captures his second victory of the week, and with it, a place in the Nito ATP Finals semi-finals for the very first time. It is turning into some week for the Russian. It's not easy, I mean, for sure, yeah, when Rafa is serving for the match, some part of my mind was already thinking, okay, uh, well, in a few minutes I'm going to be out of this court at such a, such a pity, I was such in, great in such a great shape. And this is quite remarkable, the way he's turned this second set around, he's going to serve for the match. And I felt like I was playing uh, not worse than him, at least, I had a break up in the second set, and I knew it's my last chance, so I had to give it all. 92 miles an hour, and to be fair, he's remained calm, Medvedev. Not giving up hope yet. I knew that he will be a little bit tight, like any other player who is serving for the match. I managed to make uh, some good returns, one winner, and uh, we are back at 5-all. On we go, five apiece. That certainly wasn't in the script for Nadal. Uh, the pressure was on him because he had the chance to close out the match. Uh, and that's all uh, just a small example of things coming through your brain and which makes you focused on the goal, actually. It is a first victory over Rafael Nadal for Daniil Medvedev, and it takes him into his very first final here in London. The Russian is a man on a mission this week. The heart will be pumping for these two. Medvedev, just his second appearance at the Nito ATP Finals, made his debut here last year, but didn't win a match, so it's been uh, quite the turnaround for the Russian. I try to mix up my game. If, uh, if I need to be defensive, I will stay defensive, but usually against the top 10 players, it will not work to only be defensive, so you have to change up your tactics. Of course, when I'm feeling good, I still like to hit the ball strong, especially with my forehand. It's Medvedev that's dictating the points using the forehand. I had more winners than my opponent almost in every match I played, which, uh, which is great, and uh, I'm happy that uh, the small things we work with my coach on practice uh, work out and uh, showing the big stages like this. What a moment for Daniel Medvedev and his coach Gilles Savara courtside. What a journey they have enjoyed together. Yeah, we're trying to improve all the time. Uh, like uh, any relationship between coach and player, we can have our tough moments, our good moments. Sometimes when uh, I will not be playing good, I will not be happy with myself. He will not be happy with myself or himself sometimes. Maybe he will think that he's doing something wrong. I'll think that I'm doing something wrong. It's completely normal. It's part of our sport. That's why people love sport. That's why we compete. Uh, and we're trying to work every day to, to make me a better tennis player. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. One of the game's major talking points in 2020 was whether Novak Djokovic could go a whole season unbeaten. A big unforced error at the US Open in September brought that to an abrupt halt. But nevertheless, once again, Djokovic finished the year as world number one, as a Grand Slam winner in Australia, an ATP Cup winner, a doubled Masters 1000 winner in Cincinnati and Rome, and also as the Dubai champion at ATP 500 level. Not a bad year by any means. So when Richard Connolly met with his coach, Marion Vida, he started simply with this incredible appetite for winning. Being already number one and still having motivation to win the tournament. And, uh, with, well, I mean, we are lucky that Novak has always goals in front of him to, be, to end up number one in the world and still be hungry to play. And so, I mean, we are lucky that the motivation comes from our uh, uh, process 
and its practices, and he's always committed, and uh, uh, our creation is always there, even though it's always the same formula, but uh, he's always able to commit himself to practice well, to do the fitness well, and, uh, you know, mentally, he's just relaxed, but on, on other way, he's still, like, present on the court, which we, which we like the most. What was it like then, given that process, given the repetition that you talk about? You've got a winning, a winning process. What was it like when you couldn't do it for a few months? You were in lockdown, you were separate. How did you, how did you manage? How did he manage? At that stage, it was really difficult. I mean, he was on the way, a winning wave, winning Australian Open, seven matches, then winning Dubai, five matches, didn't lose the match, and suddenly the... the I mean, the, the, this, what happened, the cures, this COVID came and then we, we split for six months almost, or four months, as I remember. But Novak was able to practice in Marbella a little bit on and off, but, you know, always we didn't know what can, can happen, but obviously there is a one day it, can, it has to finish. So he was able to practice by himself. And then when he came out, when, uh, in, let's say in August, we started, started preparation. Uh, so he was quite in, quite in good shape, you know. He didn't lose that much fitness and uh, passion for practices. And also the, the question was the matches, you know. And uh, just uh, was, he was able to do it uh, before US Open when he won the Cincinnati, brings a lot of, lot of confidence. And uh, obviously, it started out all from there, you know. Uh, winning a couple of matches brings him back the memories, and then he was able to go on the, on the winning, winning uh, streak. The US Open. What did you talk about after, after what happened at the US Open? Well, I mean, <laughs> it was an unlucky moment, obviously, and... Uh, there was nothing to talk much about it because I met him after he was open. And uh, obviously we spoke with Goran about it. And uh, I mean, how you can go through it, you know, deeply what, what really happened. I mean, for me, it was an unlucky moment. And I don't need to explain that much with Novak because it happened already. He explained to the public and, you know, I was able to come after US Open for preparation uh, for French Open then. And, uh, you know, it's one, one this moment was done and it was at that time I was able to just close it, you know, and just to focus on the next steps. So we didn't talk about that much because I understood the situation. I was explained also to our press in Slovakia. They asked me, I said, it was an unlucky moment. It happened. It can happen. I mean, and uh, I, we are happy with that. Marian Vida, coach of Novak Djokovic, speaking there with Richard Connolly. And Richard also managed to track down the man guiding the fortunes of Dominic Thiem, the first player to deny the big three Djokovic, Federer and Nadal a Grand Slam trophy since Andy Murray and Stan Wawrinka did it back in 2016. Thiem made massive strides in 2020 with that US Open win right at the top of the list. And it would be an understatement to say he's gelled with his coach, Nicolas Massou. So has the Chilean seen a difference in the Austrian since clinching that first Grand Slam? I think that uh, he's kind of regular now. I mean, uh, 
in the big tournament he's playing really well. It's not so easy to, to arrive when you are favorite or you need to arrive to certain stages in the tournament because uh, the people and, of course, uh, him uh, believe that he can do something important. Uh, after he lost uh, three finals in the Grand Slam, uh, uh, for him, I think that was uh, really important to get experience. He was really close, I think, in the uh, Australian Open. In Roland Garros, the two times that he lost the final, I, I think that he got some uh, good moments, but uh, he was not really close from to, to win these two finals. But in Australia, it was different. And also, you have to think that he lost uh, against Rafa two times in French Open. Rafa won 13 times the French Open. Uh, he lost the final in Australia against Novak that he won so many times there. It's really difficult to beat these guys more in the finals. So and many people expect that he will win his first Grand Slam on French Open maybe because he's, uh, the, the people thought that uh, maybe on clay he had better results and all this. But uh, at the end, and uh, the resume of this, the, 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 the history is that he was uh, more close in Australia. And then finally, he got it in, uh, in, in the U.S. Open because I think he played well for the, for the two weeks. Uh, he, he was focused. Also, he maintained the, the, the level and uh, he managed the pressure because when he arrived to the final, for both of them, Sasha and Dominic, for sure, they, they, they felt that it's a great opportunity to, to, to win the trophy. So it was a really close match. You, you saw, I mean, yeah. uh, like two points difference and that's it. But I think today, of course, that he's uh, more calm. Uh, he has something important that he achieved and also all the career because uh, to be in the top 10 for so many years is something so, so difficult. But for sure, that helps to be uh, more calm in the, in the Grand Slam now that uh, already he won one. Is that a feeling that you can identify with having won the two gold medals at the Athens Olympics. I mean, you had something that you could put away and say, that's with me forever. Of course, that is really important because uh, when you are a kid, you always uh, dream to, to do something in the, in the work that you, you're doing. Or in this, in this uh, for example, what we do is uh, tennis and we, we dream to be in the history of the sport. In, in my side, it was the Olympic Games and I'm so happy to... to to, to make that and also give me confidence for the future. But you know, when you are in this kind of sports that uh, you are playing tournaments every, every, every week and you have a lot of pressure and this and that, you are not thinking all the time in what you, you did before because uh, you try to be a winner, you are uh, uh, thinking in the future all the time, there are not so many moments that you can uh, think about uh, the past. Uh, and this is our life. Uh, you always uh, want more, and I think it's the same situation for Dominic. Now, uh, he already won one, but for sure he's working to, to, to win more and to why not uh, one day to, to be in the top of the ranking. I think that he's 27 years old. Of course, there are so many young players that are trying to, to, to have a, I mean, the best result possible. But there were like few guys, uh, young, that, that are coming, and also uh, Roger, uh, Djokovic, and Rafa are still playing amazing level. That's why they are there. I mean, they are going to be, uh, I hope, uh, uh, many years because I think it's good for tennis.
Daniel Medvedev, Novak Djokovic and Dominic Team will no doubt be involved at the business end of the most important events throughout the year. And that's also becoming a habit for our next guest, Kevin Kravitz, who with his friend, fellow German and doubles partner Andreas Mies, has claimed back-to-back Grand Slam titles at Roland Garros in 2019 and 2020. Not bad for a player who was on the Challenger Tour as recently as 2018. Yeah, it's an unbelievable journey that, that we are going through. So we, we started very low. I mean, obviously, uh, most of us players started very low in the future of the Challengers. And yeah, it uh, went very fast for us. So it feels, feels very good. And we are yeah, very, very proud of us that we, that we have the level. So uh, it was not only a one-hit wonder for the first time French Open. So we, we uh, continue like this. We, uh, we uh, grow the level up so we are happy to be here again. When did you become comfortable with that feeling of being part of of the elite? When did it start feeling real? Does it feel real now? Uh, Yeah actually yeah on some points sometimes it feels not so real just now but it feels comfortable after after the second French Open title I would say because before um, it was like okay we have a big title a dream come true so we we go for the grand slam title in 2019 and but after that was completely changed from uh, yeah uh, complete uh, the the media was was uh, we have got a lot of interviews and, and stuff like this but yeah after the sec- second title i was saying okay yeah now we have uh, the level it doesn't matter if we if we have won the tournament or or just playing semis or final but we have yeah, we have a very good level, even quarters, semis, and and finally beat the the best doubles teams in the world. So uh, then after the after the 2020 finals French Open, uh, for me I would feel, I would say okay now we are we are um, uh, competing yeah, with the best. Obviously you've had that extraordinary success, but before that you had the time away from tennis that nobody was expecting. We all had changes in our lives. Firstly, tennis-wise, as a doubles combination, how do you keep working together when you have to be apart? Yeah, it was, it was very interesting. I mean, uh, my girlfriend and me went to, went to Indian Wells, so we, we just arrived, like, I know, with a plane. We, drive, we drove for two hours with a car, and then we were a little bit destroyed from the trip, and then checking in in the hotel, I was parking the car, and one guy came to me, um, okay, the tournament is cancelled, and they, uh, yeah, it's a joke. Or, <laughs> and then we we spent four more days there, and then okay, then uh, the ATP said okay, six weeks um, off first, and then yeah, we are we came back to to Germany, and then of course I talked to Andy and say okay, what what can we do? Like um, okay, we six weeks, we have six weeks, and then the tournament starts again, hopefully. Okay, let's let's prepare for the tournaments and. Yeah, then it get longer and longer, and then we keep in touch, and then then we actually don't know how is the situation, how can we practice? We practice more, or we can rest a little bit more. So it was was a little bit tricky for us. You can't yeah. practice on Zoom, can you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, yeah, we, uh, we we like to practice at home. So Andy in Cologne, me in Munich. So that's what was our routine actually. But but now it's a long was a long period um, not to see each other. So yeah, at the beginning we uh, it was good to come down a little bit and then start to practice and then let's see when when the tournament starts again. Yeah. 
tell us the story about how you started working during lockdown in a, a supermarket local to you. What was, what was the motivation? What made you think, that's something I can help with? Uh, yeah, in the, in the lockdown, I have a lot of time. You can, we, cannot, we, we didn't practice so much, so we uh, can do fitness like one, one two hours. And then uh, a friend of, of me and me um, said, okay, what we, can, what we can do. And another friend, he is like managing uh, um, uh, the, how you say, the supermarkets, a lot of stores in, in around Munich. And then we are, yeah, actually talking about, yeah, I mean, we can, we can do something, we can help, we, if, if it's a possible, if, if we get the chance, I don't know how it works exactly, what we have to do. Um, and then, uh, yeah, it was very quick. Then she, then she said, actually, yeah, why not? Um, we, need, we need some help, actually. And then we said, okay, let's do it for one month. Um, uh, you have to, but we have to stand up early. You have to stand up early at five o'clock at six o'clock in the morning and say, okay, it's... Uh, was that it's okay? Be, I mean, that's, that's the real be, world, uh, isn't it? Yeah, it's a real world. Actually, it's tough for us. And we say, okay, why not? Why not uh, now? So, um, yeah, we start, I, know, I don't know, one week later, we start um, six o'clock shift, first shift, and was, yeah, was very interesting. And uh, I think, yeah, a very good experience for us. What things did you do at the supermarket? Uh, yeah, the, the 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 basics things like to um, um, I don't know how you stacking how the shelves maybe putting yeah, the food on the shelves. Yeah, I yeah. heard I heard you did something with the trolleys that you were disinfecting the trolleys. Is yeah, that right? yeah, it was one it was one day I was standing outside sending like kind of security. So and uh, the situation was like I don't know around forty people can come in in the supermarket right. and I say okay wait. You have to um, uh, get a card and to go in to let's keep the distance also and yeah of course I have um, a lot of time out outside I was standing like I don't know four and a half hours five hours outside just uh, disinfect the cards and give it to the give it to the people and then of course every um, yeah every five to ten minutes came yeah but I just need uh, some eggs I just need some milk I don't need a card so I would say yeah but you have to you know you know, keep the tist keep the distance and you have the, a lot of discussion about the the, the little things so yeah. was uh, actually was was very interesting because one one guy said to me yeah if if I need a card then no then I come back later and I say yeah, but later you need also one, so, that, so it was very interesting. Yeah. I mean, it just seems um, so unusual that somebody who's actually well-known, I mean, you, you were a, a major champion there, standing outside the supermarket, were people not recognizing you and saying, oh, hi, Kevin, can I have an <laughs> autograph? I mean, what was it like? Yeah, actually, with a mask and uh, it was winter and I have a hoodie on. So, oh, not winter, no, but it was, sometimes it was cold. But um, uh, yeah, I think two people recognized me. So I was standing outside and I know you somewhere, but I say, yeah, yeah maybe, yeah. <laughs> You're playing tennis, right? Your, your colleagues at work, though, they must have known. No, actually not. Actually not. The, the boss of the, of the store, they, uh, he knew that uh, that I'm a, a tennis player, but first thing he said, yeah, um, uh, you're a tennis player, right? I say, yeah, um, but this year it's um, uh, it's no Australian Open in Sydney, right? 
And I say, yeah, yeah, but it was Australian. So <laughs> it was wasn't very a funny. Big tennis it was fan. a big tennis fan, but he said, oh, he loves, he loves Djokovic. He loves. You, did you play against Djokovic? And I said, play, yeah, I play once against him in doubles. And then he was like, standing oh. okay, you're, you can play tennis then. <laughs> and in the end of the month, um, uh, then uh, some newspaper pick it up. So. Was was not on purpose to put it like uh, it's a be huge thing uh, oh. for me. So uh, was two more shifts left or, or something like this, and then the boss recognized, okay, it's all over, and one photograph was there also in the store, and um, yeah, it's was a very good experience. And even with the boss, he's 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 texting me after after French Open title and say, yeah, oh, great job, and I say, yeah, we visit actually him after the work. Um, I say, I yeah, come in, get a coffee, and uh, it, was, it was very cool. Yeah. So it was only then that he realized quite how yeah, good you yeah, were yeah, at tennis. Yeah, yeah. Ah. Um, those experiences that you had, does that help you in a way deal with, with this, this life where you're inside the hotel and playing tennis every day? It's quite, it's quite strange, but you have that, that perspective, I suppose. Of course, I mean, uh, um, if 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 you're what I was saying, if you're standing outside four and a half hours, five hours, you have to you have to think a lot about your your job also. Like we have the privilege to to make from the hobby to to our job. So it's it's very nice to be outside of on on the tour. And also, if you are complaining about balls or sun or wind or whatever, so you you think about this and. Yeah, of course you have to be you have to be thankful that we that we can play the tournaments, that we can uh, compete, that we can earn money, that we yeah can do what we love. On the other side, it's also to be honest, it's very hard for us because I'm I'm the type of yeah to going to going out to go eat somewhere to with the, visit the city. We were talking yesterday about uh, with, with my coach um, which type which type we are so. So if we're going practice and then going in the city for a coffee, that's yeah very nice to have. But yeah, the situation is like it is. So um, as I said, we are thankful to play the tournaments. But yeah, I think we we hope all that that it continues to to normal or getting normal again. Kevin Kravitz, who I'm sure will be looking to go even better this year. One player who's been involved at the top end of the doubles game. For a number of years now is Brazilian giant Marcelo Melo, who is all set for life with a new partner in 2021, Jean-Julien Roger. If the new team proves half as successful as Melo's time on court with Paul Lucas Kubot, they will certainly be going some. So what made that last relationship so strong? Uh, it's funny to say, but uh, we are completely different from each other uh, in almost everything, like the way to think, the way uh, to play. Uh, on, inside of the court, Kobe is way more aggressive than me. I'm the guy who's going to be there putting returns. Kobe is the guy who's making the winners, and uh, Kobe is very strong in returns and baseline. I'm strong on the net. So we had this combination, like he's filling, filling up what I don't do very well, and I'm doing uh, the things he doesn't do very well. That's why we do uh, a very good team. He, I'm a little bit more quiet, and uh, so we had the balance. So he's bringing a couple of things from the singles as well. Uh, like I said to him, we said since the beginning, he says everybody's different, and we are very different. So we could balance together because, at, like at the beginning of the, our partnership did not play so good because we 
needed to find this balance. So after all, we could after we could find the balance, uh, we start to play very good. They do say in relationships that opposites attract sometimes. Have you heard that expression? Yeah, kind of my partners, everyone was completely different. <laughs> and uh, But the most important thing we always had between us is with this respect. Uh, we had the respect. Uh, I need to understand the way Kubi is. Kubi needs to understand the way am I. Uh, it's not possible for him to me to be like him and vice versa. I cannot ask him to do the way I think. But uh, the main important thing is the goal. We have to be the same one. So the way I go there... It's my way, the way he goes is his way, but we need to be together. What was the high point? The high point, I think, was the first year we played. Uh, the first year, of course, we played was, I think we won three Master Series, we won Wimbledon, we came here. Uh, we had, like I said, yesterday, show everything we did, like so many emotions, like with best team in the world, we had many good things together. All of those things were going through your mind at the end? Of course, because uh, uh, it's too many things like, uh, like you said, relationships. So we share best moments of our life together. Uh, of course, we have outside the course, I'm saying best moments of our tennis career, which one we love to do since kid. So it, it's many, like Grand Slam, <laughs> Master Series, playing the finals, being number one. So it's too many things together. We can see... I think and hear how difficult the decision it is then to end this relationship, which has been so important and I guess will always be important to you. So why now? Yeah, that's why, that's why we, we spoke there in, in Paris to, to end like that, because like, it's weird, but in my mom over my bed, there's a picture from Kui there, like uh, with the trophy from Wimbledon. <laughs> Because it was a very special moment for everybody, for my family, for him. Uh, everybody was crying. It was the first time in Brazil someone wins Wimbledon. Or I'm giving this example, but I have the picture from here when we receive uh, the trophy as a number one team. So I have two pictures from Kobe in my room in Brazil. So I, wanna, I don't want to come there and see it like fighting, you know, finish all this history fighting. That's why uh, it was very important uh, to finish like that. So Kobe is a... Uh, become a, a very special in our family in Brazil. Like yesterday, we got so many messages from him. And now we, we decided that because, unfortunately, uh, I don't know. I don't know if during the year we could not provide the same level. It was a little bit more up, ups and downs. And uh, I think this decision was going to be, I hope it's going to be good for me and for him. Because four years together, I mean, that's quite a long time. I, mean, I know you were hugely yeah. successful, so you want yeah. to stick with it, but it is a long time for any doubles combination to be together. Yes, normally the, normally the teams play two years. The, the, the first year normally is very succeed, then the second year it's a little bit more struggling and they don't uh, give too much time to, to fix the problems. Of course, me and Kubi had ups and downs a lot, but that's the thing, we had always we had a couple of very strong conversations to put on the table what we need to improve. And that's another thing which one make us uh, make it as a very good and strong team because we do not hide uh, the problems we have in the team. So whenever we had the problem, we sit and talk, we show. Sometimes, of course, it's not good. But towards the end, it was not personal. It was thinking about our team. So every time we spoke about that, we played very good after and like, again, it's relationship. In any relationship, when you move on from one 
good one, yeah. to the next one, there's a big hole to fill. How will you replace him in your tennis life? That's going to be huge, isn't it? How, how are you going to do that without thinking, ah, Kuba used to do that? Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, I, I played with a no, long time with two partners, which one was Dodic, I played five years, and Kuba four years. So after we split, you need to find, of course, the balance with the new partner. And I always choose my partners uh, to feel which one I don't do well, like I said with Kubi. I got, uh, when, before I played Kubi, I had uh, another uh, invitation from other players, but better ranking, but I don't think it was uh, as good as Kubi. But of course it happens, but another, the another partner will do something which Kubi was not doing. Nothing personal, so we need to. We need to know. Uh, we try to move on for the better for me and for him. Yeah. Uh, I, of course, we never know what's going to be, but uh, we don't think we could success as much as we were doing before. Do you know who you will be playing with? Yes, we, I play with uh, Jean Julien Roger. So Jean Julien is one guy we know. I have the pictures when we played. Uh, Futures in Colombia, like how many years ago, we had on tour, all this. We have a very good friend relationship between us as well. So I think he's going to be a very good partner. He's very fresh. He's so motivated to play with me. And uh, we see if he can uh, achieve some very good results. How many players asked you if you could be their partner? How many conversations have you had? Actually, not so much because me and Kubi, Nobody knew what we were going to split. Uh, we keep it quiet uh, because it was our decision. We want to finish strong. This in doubles sometimes, is, like you said, it's too many asking we want to play, we want to play or not. And you had the focus to come here and finish here. And uh, after me and Kubi made the decision, uh, later on, I had one or two guys which one I could play uh, first in my mind. Normally, the players has this with them, like this guy and these two. And uh, pretty much I was set after, uh, and then uh, everybody after. It was kind of everybody, when they knew it, we were going to split. Uh, after two or three weeks, uh, before, I don't know, was, I was set already. So. How, how does it work? Because you all know each other mm -hmm. so well. So, I mean, are you actually just talking in the restaurant about this, yeah. or does it, is it secret? Is there somebody, an agent or somebody who says, would you like to play with Marcelo? He's going to be free. How, how does it happen? Oh yeah, then let's say in my case, like uh, we could be, we decide to split. Uh, nobody knew it, right? But uh, after all, and this is I'm talking about me. I never ask another one before I decide myself what I'm going to do. Sometimes it happens. This one agrees with another one, and then did, did not split yet. So I don't think this is the right way. That's why I first I split with Kubi. We decide our business with finished and then let's move on and then I was looking for someone uh, free uh, nobody was free at the moment uh, Jean-Julien was still playing with Tikal so after he spoke with Tikal he decided to split and then he comes to me and say I know you're going to split with Kubi let's play together so of course let's play it's, together. It's complicated hey it's, it's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy now here in the finals like three or four teams split last minute is not normal as well but uh, I mean like Kubi says everybody's different I'd rather do it in the right way. We've got to have respect. We're going to see each other next year, maybe in the life. So if I give my word, I'll keep it. And have you agreed to play for a certain length of time? Or does it, 
Is it just play until we feel different? No, normally what happens with the doubles, normally there is kind of changes after Miami and after uh, West Open. But uh, I mean, between me and Jules, I don't think this will happen right after Miami because maybe we need a little bit more time to adjust or not. This goes team by team, especially now in this occasion, we never know which tournament is going to happen or not. What's left for you? What, what goals do you still have? Because it does look to the outsider like you've achieved almost everything in the game. I mean, there's the Nito ATP finals, I suppose, to, to win. Tell us. Yeah, here was a, I mean, I really had the big expectation here this year. We, like I said, we won Vienna, semi-final in Paris. We have been playing very nice, very good. And uh, unfortunately, we did not make it. Maybe, let's see, next year, the finals will be a very good tournament for me to win, of course. Uh, I mean, there's many tournaments. I still want to play full for a couple of years. And uh, we see maybe Olympic. Uh, gold medal, any medal, um, another massive series, titles. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm here <laughs> to play big tournaments and I hope I can get some more titles. couple of years takes you close to 40. Is that what you're thinking? 40? Not at all. Not I'm at all? I'm thinking I'm getting far a little bit from 30. <laughs> <laughs> but you're thinking play to 40? Or are you thinking play, know. keep going? No, after Play 40, as long as possible? Of course, because I mean, I'm enjoying it so much to be here. Like, Points like that happens because we enjoy to be on court. Uh, we miss the fans. This makes us going forward. And uh, we never know. I always do step by step, day by day. Um, as much as I can, I will continue playing. Thank you, Marcelo. Next week, Gigi Salmon, Peter Mercato and Chris Bowers will look ahead to 2021 with the help of the time capsule. How many people will pick Melo and Roger as their year-end doubles number one pair? Will anyone be brave enough to predict a new singles world number one? Join them next week as they mull over those questions and many more. I'm Seb Lozier. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the tennis. <laughs>